Hello and welcome to another podcast brought to you by Life Community Church, Leamington Spa. Recorded at one of our Sunday morning services, we hope this message inspires, equips and encourages you to grow in your relationship with Jesus Christ. It's always a privilege to stand and to open up God's Word and thank you, thank you for being here today. We don't take you for granted for coming, those listening on podcasts, thank you for being here, thank you for being a part of the church at this season. And uh, we thank God for all that he is doing, these 21 days as well. Thank you, Keith. And that is wonderful. If you're new here, my name's Dave, and it's just a privilege just to be opening up the word this morning. Um, just to say one, one quick uh, announcement for tonight. Tonight we've got our Dream Team training night. Dan, if you just show that slide, please. And that's, that's just to bring some clarification. It starts at 4.45. Doors open at 4.45 for, um, for refreshments, and we're going to make a prompt start at about 5 o'clock. And that's for anyone that serves on teams or anyone that might be interested in finding out a bit more about teams. There's a place for you. Do you know what, church, serving on teams is amazing. It's a great opportunity to be needed. We need you. We need you. The gifts and the talents, the different ways that we can serve. So that is um, Dream Team Night. That's tonight at 4.45. Come along, get refreshments, and then we'll start off about 5 o'clock. And that'd be really, really good. Just a quick recap then. Uh, we're on a, uh, part four of our last part today on our series called Prayer Works. And uh, last few weeks, um, we've been looking at these fo- following things. Please, Daniel. Next one. So we're looking at the, the prayer of Jabez. We found in 1 Chronicles chapter 4, verse 9 to 10. Then we looked at the tabernacle prayer. And all these are in um, your, your prayer booklets, these first two. Last week, Leanne spoke a message on, called It's On Its Way, the prayer of Hannah. Looking at the fact that sometimes there's a delay in the prayer, but God's faithful God's faithful in his prayer and and came through for Hannah. And today I'm looking at part four, which is called Handling Disappointment. Handling Disappointment. Give me a wave if you've ever been disappointed. Oh, (laughs) yeah, I'm sure we've got breath in our body, we've been disappointed. Leanne and I got married in 2004, and uh, we were youth workers uh, and working in different schools. So our salary wasn't huge. And, um, and we were looking, 2003, we were looking to, about what can we do to get a house. We were searching the market, and we found a house in Coventry. It was in North Coventry, and we thought, yeah, this is, we can, we can just about afford this, you know. And uh, so we, we looked to pursue getting it, et cetera. Then you get a home buyer's report, don't you? Home buyer's report is where you spend about something like £500 to get someone to say whether it's in good shape or bad shape. And we were so excited about this house. Now it's a few weeks before we're going to get married. And the home buyer's report comes through. And it was an absolute nightmare. It was riddled with damp. The amount of money we'd have to spend on it. We had no money in the bank. You know, a bit of savings put down as a deposit. And, no money, and it was going to be, ah. Oh. And so it's now literally a few weeks before we're going to get married. We're going to make this decision. What do we do? Do we go with it? Or do we not? And I was like, oh, let's go for it, let's go for it. You know, it's, it's our only opportunity here to get on the housing ladder. There are no other opportunities. And we were just praying and waiting it up. And one of the things we realised from an early start as a married couple, going to be a married couple, is we've got to walk in agreement. Yes. We've got to walk in agreement. And we just realised, actually, to walk in agreement meant we had to say goodbye to that house. <laughs> it's now two weeks before we're going to get married. We're homeless. <laughs> well, not at the time. We were at a home until we were actually going to get married. We're going to go on honeymoon for, a, um, I don't know, 10 days in Malta. Then we're going to come back, and then we're going to be homeless. What are we going to do? 
And we were just praying about it, and we just felt, actually, do you know what, we're going we're gonna to reach out to our pastor, uh, Pastor Mick Bonner from CLM, uh, who was it, pastor at CLM at the time. And uh, he, he runs a, a bed and breakfast in Arley near Nuneaton. And we, and we were going to say, look, can we come and stay with you? We'll pay our way, you know. And they said, come. Come. Don't pay us a thing. Come. And it was amazing. We had a month. And it, although we were home, homeless, like we didn't have a home to go to, it was just a, a great, perfect start to our married life. It was a bit awkward, like newlyweds coming down in the morning. <clears throat> morning, Pastor. <laughs> 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 Top of the morning to you. <laughs> but we were blessed. We we're absolutely blessed. Just uh, you know, um, be, come under their covering for months and just live with them, and and uh, it was amazing. But you know, who knows that God's got plans? Our plans. We were going to live in North Coventry. And then when we spent the first week after coming back from honeymoon, we spent that week trying to find a house to rent. So to buy was going to be too, you know, just because rent. And we went for the, whole, the whole of Coventry. And end up, we ended up renting a house in Whitley in Coventry, which is more sort of south Coventry, not too far from the way from the church CLM we were attending at the time. And we didn't realise, but in the street where we were renting, at the bottom of it was a senior school. Little did we realise that Leanne was going to get a job at that senior school as a learning mentor. We were youth pastors at the time at CLM. Literally, did we realise the door of opportunity that the Lord was going to open from that school into the youth ministry? Little did we know that literally in 18 months' time, we were going to move house to Willinall in Coventry. It's got a bit of a reputation, not far from Whitley, still in the catchment area of that school. We were going to run youth missions. I don't know if Mervyn's here today. Mervyn ran a coach company. He was at CLM at the time, and he kindly, I'll say you kindly, free of charge, Bust in, coached in youth from Willingham um, Estate into the church for the whole week of youth mission. And little did we realise that over the course of nine years of youth ministry, we'd see literally hundreds of lives impacted. We had no idea, but God knew his appointment for us was not in North Coventry, was in South Coventry, starting in that street where we're going to rent, eventually move away, we're going to buy. And he knew the lives of individuals. Even now, there's, we, we bump into young people all the time. Not everyone is following Christ. But everyone's been impacted. There's a, there's a girl who, who's even now a, a mum, has got uh, daughters at the school that our kids go to, the primary school. And she bumps into us and like, oh, Dave and Leanne. She met, 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 bumped into Leanne first and says, well, how's Dave doing? How's Dave doing? Not following Christ. But God has got a hand upon her life. Amen. Nothing's by chance. Nothing's by coincidence. And we were disappointed. We, I, was, I was deeply disappointed about this house we couldn't buy. I really wanted to do it. In the flesh, I wanted to buy it. I wanted a house for us to, to, to own, get on the property ladder. But God had other things for us. And we had to wait. And nothing in life is, is wasted. And uh, God wants us to learn how to handle disappointment well. How to handle it well. And actually, can I even say, disappointment actually can be God-given. He doesn't want us to stay in that place where emotionally we are disappointed. He wants to move beyond that. But sometimes disappointment does two things. It activates a sense of discontent in our situation. I'm not content with this. I'm going to do something about it with God's help. But also it can, it can say, look, God, I'm going to rely on you. I'm going to trust you in, in this situation. Maybe some of our situations we face we have no control over. 
And today I believe God's put a message in my heart. It's connected to prayer. It's all about handling dis, uh, um, discontentment, not discontentment, how to handle um, disappointment. How to handle disappointment. Maybe in your family situation, you've got relationships and you think, I don't know how I'm going to sort this relationship out. And there's a sense of disappointment. Maybe sons or daughters who, you know, you brought up and you raised a certain way and they're just not on the scene or they're not following Christ. What am I going to do about that? Maybe in our, spou- our spouses, there's a sense of dis- um, di- disappointment in, in our, our married life. Sometimes, who knows marriage life is difficult, isn't it? It is absolutely difficult. <laughs> do you know, it would have been so easy if I hadn't got married. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Life would be easy if it was by itself, wouldn't it? You know, just <laughs> but it's difficult at times, isn't it? But we got it. We get through. God gives us through our different seasons of married life. In our workplaces, there can be disappointments. We we may get a job, and it might seem on the on the on the the job description, it seems like a, dr- a dream job, and we start it, and then it's like, whoa, get me out of here. Get me out of here. You know, dis- discontentment with our working life. Discontentment in our relationships. Discontentment with our own life. Maybe we look back at our life and think, life's, life's not panned out as I, as I expected. Maybe in our present season, gosh, I wasn't expecting that. That's a really disappointment. But God doesn't want us to stay in that place called disappointment but he wants to work in us and through us. In us and through us. Think of Adam. Adam created and put in a paradise, the Garden of Eden. But he still had to work. He still had to till the ground, tend and keep the garden to keep it as it was. And so in our situations, we've got to learn to Look at our situations with fresh eyes. Thinking, although I'm dis, uh, discontent with the situation and maybe disappointed with the situation, that actually, in God's help, I can see the situation with different eyes and move forward. And the big idea for today is to think that don't diss the appointment. Don't diss the appointment. Don't look negatively at your appointment. And every single one of us has been assigned an appointment in life. I ask you, what's in your hand today? Not physically, but what's in your care? What's in your remit? What relationships do you have? Where are you working? Where, are you, where do you live? Married partners, sons, daughters, wider relationships, friendships. What's in your responsibility of care? Because that is your appointment from Almighty God. Do not despise the day of small beginnings, but God is wanting us to rise up and to look with fresh eyes at what God has put into our hands today. But you can't do it by yourself. You need Almighty God to help you. But don't diss, don't look down upon the appointment that God has put for you. Amen? Amen. So we're going to look at some, how God can help us with this today as we turn to the uh, Gospel of John, John chapter 15 and verses 1 to 17, really, really quickly. And in this, the context is um, they've just had the Lord's Supper, the Last Supper. And, uh, and after taking the supper, the, the four cups and, and the bread, God, uh, Jesus instituted the Lord's Supper, the Last Supper. 
And then he's, t- he's taken a bowl and a, and, a, and a towel, and he's washed. He's taken the lowest place. He's washed his disciples' feet. That's, the, that's, the, that's the, the place where the lowest slave, the lowest servant would do. He would wash his disciples' plate, feet. But hours before he's about to be crucified, Jesus has modeled something to his disciples saying, this is what I want you to do, everyone. I want you to serve. I want you to model. Um, that's, yeah, next one. Sorry, it's, that's last week's. Okay, we're going to carry on. So, and he had to model um, what it was to serve. And then he's got this discourse. And he, what he does, he brings in a new, he says, a, new, a new commandment I have for you, everyone. A new commandment. I want you to love one another. I want you to love one another. And then he goes on to uh, John chapter 15 and verses 1 to 17. I'm going to read it from this version. And Jesus says, I am the true vine. And my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. You are already clean because of the word which I've spoken to you. And this is Jesus saying to his disciples and saying to us over 2,000 years later, abide in me or remain in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, Neither can you unless you abide in me. And to make it really clear, then Jesus says, I am the vine and you are the branches. Turn to your neighbour now and say, you're a branch. You ever, seen a, you ever seen a dead branch? A dead branch is a branch that is disconnected from a tree or a vine and it withers up. So Jesus is making this absolutely clear. He's saying to his disciples, he's saying to us today, I am the vine and you are the branches. He who abides in me, he who stays connected to me, he who stays anchored in me, and I in him, together, connected, bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. Without Jesus, friends, we can do nothing. In our situations we might be disappointed in, we can't do a jot. We can't do a thing. Without Jesus, we cannot do anything with our disappointments, our hurts. Our bad reports, we can do nothing. Verse 6, if anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered, and they gather them and throw them into the fire, and they are burnt. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, you will ask. Everyone say ask. Ask what you desire, and it will be done for you. By this, my Father is glorified. When we ask, assigned to purpose, Father God is glorified that you may bear much fruit so that you will be my disciples. Verse 9, as the Father loved me, I also have loved you. Abide in my love. So abide in Jesus. Abide in his words. Now encouragement is to abide in his love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love. Just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you that that my joy may remain in you and that your joy may be full. Turn to the other person next to you say, God wants you to be joyful. This is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. By the way, this love is not a, a feeling love. It's not a brother love. This is an agape love, a love of a decision of the will. I choose to love you. I choose to show love by my actions, by my words, by what I do, my commitments. I choose to love you. 
Greater love has no man than this than to lay down his life for one's friends. You are my friends, says Jesus, if you do whatever I command you. No longer do I call you servants, for a servant does not know what his master is doing. But I've called you friends, for all things that I have heard from my Father I have made known to you. You did not choose me. If you're a Christ follower here today, you did not choose me, but I chose you. If you're following Jesus today, Jesus chose you. Jesus chose you. He chose you before the foundation of the world. He saw you, he saw your life, and he says, I want a relationship with that, that man, that woman. I want a relationship. I've chosen you. Friends, that's your identity in Christ Jesus. You are chosen. You're forgiven. You're loved. God has chosen you. But not just are you chosen, he says in verse 16, but I, I chose you and appointed you. I've appointed you. Turn to the person next to you say, you're appointed. Turn to the other person next to you say, that means you too. So friends, we're chosen and we are appointed. Why? That you may live a happy life. You're appointed that you may just have rest. You've been appointed that you should go and bear fruit. And that your fruit should remain. That whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give you. These things I command you, that you love one another. Wow. Don't diss the appointment. Don't diss the appointment. Amazing words of Jesus there. Amazing words of Jesus. And when we're appointed, it's, just, it's, to, it's to do that. Chosen is our state. When we're chosen, that you are chosen. Michael, you're chosen. Annie, you're chosen. We're chosen. That's our state, our identity in Christ Jesus. But appointment means there's a task for us. There's purpose for us. When you're appointed, you appoint something or someone to do something. To a role or to do something. And God has appointed every single one of us in this room today to bear fruit. And as we bear fruit, it glorifies Father God. God wants our lives to bear fruit. That means in the situations we find our lives, ourselves, in our areas of responsibility, maybe those areas which have been disappointing to you, God wants you to work it, to walk it, and to see fruit in it, but not just any fruit, fruit that is going to last. Yes. Lasting fruit, lasting change, that your life and my life can seriously make a difference, not by our own strength, but through Christ Jesus, yes. as we walk in it and as we work it. We've been appointed to bear fruit. So three things very quickly that we can unpack from this word today that can help us to overcome disappointment. Number one, we've got to anchor ourselves in Christ. We've got to anchor ourselves in Christ. We've got to be rooted in Christ. Now, I was just investigating where the tallest trees in the whole world are. And the tallest trees in the whole world um, in general, are in a national park in California, in America, called Redwood National Park. And these trees grow up to about, um, on average, about 90 metres high. The tallest tree is um, about 115 metres high. 
I don't know what, how, that, how tall that ceiling is. 15 meters. 15 meters. So 15 meters. And when I saw an image of it, and I had it on the screen, but it's not working today. It was literally, it was just towering. It was towering. Now, for a tree to grow, it needs to be rooted in the ground. Amen. And one of the things that can hinder the growth of a tree is wind. And if the wind rocks, okay, after so much time, if it starts to uproot, then it won't have the nutrients it needs to keep growing, and eventually it will start to die. So the wind that rock, can rock a tree can kill a tree. In our lives, we have winds of adversity. Or let me call it winds of disappointment. And they can rock our lives. But God doesn't want us to rock our lives. He wants us to stand. As the psalmist says, when you've done everything, to stand. To stand. When a wind of adversity comes your way, where it could be disappointment, let's call it what it is, hurt, pain, frustration, not getting what you want, whatever it is, whatever it looks like, God wants you to stand. Stand rooted in him. But when we're rooted in Christ Jesus, our outlook is different. We can come and say, God, it's not about what I want. It's not about we want to live in that house. God, you, we submit to your will. Lord, we bow the knee to you. We surrender our lives. We want to stay rooted in you. We'll go wherever you want us to go. We'll do whatever you want us to do. We'll say whatever you want us to say. God, it's all about you, not about me. Stand. Stand rooted in Christ Jesus. Sometimes what we do when we get disappointed, we stop coming to church. We get disappointed, we stop gathering with other Christians. Friends, the trees, those redwood trees, they're not alone. They stand shoulder to shoulder. And what happens when it's shoulder to shoulder, it stops the wind from rocking one particular tree. So it stops it becoming uprooted. Friends, we are trees. The psalmist says we are trees planted in the house of the Lord. We've got to stand, stand strong, stand rooted in Christ Jesus. In Christ Jesus. Not on our own good works, not on what we think is best, but in Christ Jesus, in his word. Stand rooted, rooted in all that God has for us. Don't move away from that. Don't be swayed. Look at your circumstances. Look at your areas of responsibility. Think, God, it's not what I wanted. It's not what I wished for. But in you, I stand rooted. I stand grounded in you. Secondly, we've got to accept our appointment. Accept your appointment. Where God has placed you in life, the areas of responsibility, rather than thinking, God, I'm going to run away from that, I'm going to accept that as this is my appointment from you. For this season of my life, this is my appointment from you. Help me to look at it like that. Help it to move from an area of my heart where I feel so disappointed about that to actually faith arising and we see God with fresh eyes. Actually, you're calling me to do something about this. You're calling me to do something about this. You're calling me to see fruit in this situation. To come out with fresh eyes. Don't despise the days of small beginnings. I'll, I'll share this. When we came to this church, we just knew we were called to this church. It was hard. It was hard. I'm, I'm, and this is no disrespect to anyone that's still here that was a part of the church. And we thank you and we honour you. I want to honour uh, Pete and Anne. Let's show our appreciation Pete and Anne. <laughs> Retired in 2003, but who knows in, in Jesus, there's no retirement. Amen. Amen. 
still serving Jesus, praying fervently, are such a blessing to this house. Yet the disappointments that they have faced, they have seen over the years, could have robbed them of joy. But God is doing great things. And when we came to this church, we, we had no idea. We had our L plates on and we still have got our L plates on. We had no idea what we were doing. And when you, you don't, you don't. You just walk a journey with Jesus. And it was, a, it was hurt. The, the church was in pain. It was hurting because of just things that happened in the past. But we thank God for the past. And it's hard. You know, 2003, we became 2012. End of 2013, I was thinking, God, this is hard. This is hard. We're doing, we're working hard. We're asking you. We're praying hard. Not much is changing. Not much is shifting. People, new people would come. New people would go. And it's like, there's no growth. But Dave, this is the area of responsibility that I've assigned you to. This is your appointment. This is your appointment. Don't run away. Don't back down. Stand still and you'll see the salvation of the Lord. Have I had to change? Yes. Am I still changing? Yes. Am I still growing? Yes. Do I get things wrong? Yes. But God is doing something great. And if I'd run away at that time, and there's been time when I wanted to jack the towel in, as we all do at different times, things are hard, but do not despise the day of small beginnings. In your area of responsibility where God has assigned and appointed you, think, God, what's one next step I can take? With your help, what can I do in this relationship? What can I do to encourage this person? What can I do to speak life in this situation? What can I do to, to make a difference in this situation? And God always moves through people. He always moves through people. So I'm not asking God, would you do something? And God says, no, you do something. Because I've anointed and pointed you to bring the fruit. Jesus is already on the earth. Now it's our turn. He says, greater works will you do because I gave to my Father. So church, God wants to bear fruit through you. Not just the person next to you, but you and your difficulty. And he puts us through difficult times. Why? Because something gets in our heart and we says, I'm not standing for this anymore. I'm not standing for this anymore. This is my watch. This is my hour. I'm not standing for this anymore. And as you allow God to move through holy discontent in your situation with hands that say, God, use me. God will say, come on. I'll give you a plan, I'll give you a strategy, and you will see change, and you will see fruit that will last. Why? So that Father is glorified. God, Father is glorified. And finally, ask your Father. Ask your Father. So we've anchored in Christ. We've accepted our, our appointments, and now we ask the Father. Four occasions in John chapter 13 to 16... Jesus says, ask the Father. Yeah. And each time, it's all related to purpose. All related to purpose. Friends, I want to encourage you. Whatever your responsibility is, wherever God has put you right now, maybe you've got unfriend, unsaved family or friends. Well, that is your assignment. You can't save them. It's down to God. But God will work through you. Ask the Father. That's your assignment. Ask the Father. And he will give you whatever you desire. Well, the thing is, when we're following Jesus, when we take responsibility for the assignment God has given us on our watch and our stand and our hour, actually, suddenly, when we yield our lives to Jesus, a shift happens. It's not about our desires. His desires become our desires. 
And suddenly I'm not praying for what I want to see. I want that house, God, in, in, North, Lemming, in North Coventry. No, 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 no. North Leamington. I want to, no, I'm going to give you what I think is best. And actually suddenly, yeah, God, I want that. Because our, our desires shift because we ask the Father and he will give you the desires of your heart. Where is it that you need God to move in your life? What areas of responsibility do you have that you would just say, God, if you could just move there? And this isn't easy stuff because some of us have been struggling in areas for many years. God, you've been on your knees. God, God, I just want you to, I'm praying for my family. I'm praying for that situation that hasn't shifted. But God wants you to go again. Going again because God teaches us about persistence in prayer. But also God teaches us about the power of God's presence in prayer. When Jesus was present, it made all the difference. Think about those five loaves and those two, two fish. Just five loaves. What are they amongst 5,000 men plus women and children? They're absolutely nothing. But Jesus was present. Sounds like a nice Sunday school story, doesn't it? But it's reality. The power and the presence of God in your situation, in your area of responsibility, can make all the difference. Sometimes we just quit. We give up because oh, it's not working. But that's why prayer works, because it's about working and going again. Lord, I, I go again in my prayer. I go again in my ask. You said, Lord, and authority. Jesus, you said that if I pray in my assignment, that you'll give me whatever I, I, I desire. I desire what you desire. And I desire to see my, my, fr- my, my friends saved, my family saved. My work colleagues saved. I've desired to see a shift in this negative attitude in my workplace. I desire to see my children brought up knowing you. I desire whatever you desire, Lord. Jesus was in the boat, and this has been a reminder to me recently. Jesus was in the boat two occasions. He went on Peter's boat, and Peter had toiled all night and caught nothing. That was God's design, friends. God didn't want Peter to catch anything. God wanted, to find P- Jesus, God wanted Jesus to find Peter on that day on his like, knees because he toiled all night and caught nothing. He lent Jesus his boat and through a miracle he catches so many fish he had to call his colleagues over to help. Turning point for Peter. It could have been a disappointment. Oh, I've caught nothing. Jesus asked to borrow his boat. No, you can't borrow it. I'm washing it and putting it to shore. No. He didn't let disappointment rob him of all that God wanted him to do. And then we find Jesus in another boat, the storm. And the, the disciples are going, ah! Well, I probably would have done a bit like that. But even in the storm, Jesus was asleep. And he woke up out of his nap. And he, peace, peace. And suddenly the waves were silent because of the presence of Jesus in the boat. Friends, we need the presence of Jesus in our boat, this church. And we need the presence of Jesus in your boat, your life. As you look at your situations with fresh eyes. Fresh eyes. We invite the band up now. Mother Teresa said this. Wherever, wherever God has put you, that is your vocation. Wherever God has put you, that's your calling, that's your vocation. It's not what we do, but how much love 
we put into it. What's your vocation? Where has God placed you? Where's your areas of responsibility? It could be raising your family. It could be in the workplace. It could be all of that. Where is it that you've had discouragement, pain, frustration, discontentment, and ultimately disappointment? And God wants you to realize today that he wants you to look at those situations with fresh eyes and see that actually you've been anointed and you've appointed for such time as this to see fruit in those situations. Why don't we just pray right now? Time is gone. Spirit of God, just speak to hearts and lives right now. I'm going to invite anyone right now that just literally has a situation that they're aware of and they just want God to say, Lord, use me in that situation. If that's you, just stand to your feet. The situation that I've got responsibility for and then God, I'm saying to you, use me. If that's you, as an area of surrender right now, just stand up. I'm going to pray a prayer over you. He's saying, I'm going to, I'm going to take hold of this appointment I'm going to see myself as God's tool, as God's vessel in this situation. Even though it's been hard work, even though it's, I've not seen the results that I've wanted to see, I'd stand, I'd take, I'd take my responsibility, I see this situation with fresh eyes, and I go again. And I go again. Just right now, I just want to include you in this prayer. Father, I thank you for everyone that is standing today. Lord God, I pray that you would anoint them with fresh oil. Holy Spirit, you would anoint them. Help them to see, I pray, their situations differently. Rather than seeing it as the same old, same old, things will never change. Help them to let the, see through the eyes of faith to see that they've been appointed by you. That their task, their assignment in you is to see change and see fruit that is going to last forever. And I pray that the days when they find it hard and difficult and challenging, that they remember they can come to you who has all power, all authority, all dominion in your your hands, and that they can ask you, and as they keep asking, that they would see lasting change happen through them. I pray that they'll see a sense of uh, a new mantle, a new anointing for their season coming upon them. Freshness, refresh them, Lord. Those that have been tired and hurt, Lord God, through having to go again and going again and getting up in the morning and going again because the situation is tough, I pray they would see fresh vigor and freshness in you like a tree that is planted on the streams of living water. Planted our God, the courts of our God. So the Lord would say to you, go. Go again. Go again. Go in the new anointing. Go in the freshness of your spirit, knowing that God has assigned that responsibility to you. And whatever God has purposed, he's purposed for a reason. He's called you for such time as this to see change that's going to last. It's not easy, but take steps. Each day, take steps. Each day, pray. Each day, ask God. And stand still and see the salvation of the Lord.
Please take your seats. And it's just in this, this holy moment, just right now, I just want to give an encouragement right now to anyone that may not be a Christ follower, may not be a Christian. You've heard all about this TSP here today. Thank you. Sorry. Please. Jesus, I, I want to repent. I want to turn around from my sin. I want to give you my sin. I want to have a brand new life. I want to trust you with my life. I want to trust you with control of my life. Maybe up to this point, you've done it your best. But your best hasn't been good enough because you're never meant to do your best. You're meant to live in relationship with Jesus who can walk with you and through you through every season of your life. And right now, if you just want to say today, God, I want to give my life to you. Maybe for the first time, Jesus, I want to give my life to you. Or maybe you're here and it's you maybe backslidden in your heart that means you you want to follow Christ but you know your heart is cold Jesus today wants to hear your prayer so I'd like like while every head is bowed and eyes shut right now I'd love to pray a prayer for you and with you I'm not going to call you forward I'm just going to ask you right now if that's you say I want to I want to decide to follow Jesus just put your hand up so I will see it I want to pray a prayer for you it's wonderful 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 great Great. Thank you. Anyone else for close in prayer? Okay, let's pray this prayer out loud together. Dear Father, thank you for sending Jesus. I give my life to you. I repent of my sin. I receive your forgiveness today. I give you my life. I give you control of my life. Help me to live for you, for the glory of the Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We hope that you enjoyed this message. For many more resources and for more information, visit our website at www.life-cc.org.